listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. On the heels of the always entertaining and informative Alan Hahn show, we continue the conversation on ESPN New York Tonight. one 800 It's a Wednesday edition of the show. We thank you for joining us along with AP and Nikki. We're here to talk to you about things going on in the world of sports. And boy, was it a busy day in the sports world, especially if you were around here. Yeah. Giant fans. I can't believe this. There was a lady who called this show last night. We will take you back in time and let you hear what she had to say. A little later in the show. And she was like, Eli needs to play. I want Eli playing. I want Eli to play. I need to find her and get six lotto numbers. Because Eli Manning, although <sighs> Eli Manning is very likely to play, according to Pat Shermer. Like, who else is going to play? Well, what, Fran Tarkin? You're bringing him back? Is he going to play? How about Phil Sims? Jeff Hostel. Hey, let's get Jeff. Come on, Jeff. Let's do it, baby. Kent Graham will be starting Monday night against the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course it's going to be Eli Manning. Come on, Pat. Step it up. We'll talk about the Giants next hour here on 9870 ESPN. Rich Catino will join us at the bottom of the hour. And, of course, our top story tonight, the New York Mets. Oh, we were talking about what they're going to do with Zach Wheeler. Like, because Kay mentioned it yesterday on his show, 255 to 7, Monday through Friday here on 987 ESPN. And he mentioned it yesterday that he was hearing that Zach Wheeler was going to be offered in excess of $100 million. As I hold my finger in my teeth, like they did in the movie. Million dollars. Yes. And I was like, gosh. If I were a Yankee fan, I'd be very concerned because if Zach Wheeler, who was the number three starters getting $100 million, what in the name of Brinks Trucks is Garrett Cole going to get? He might get $300 million. I mean, you know, and no disrespect to Zach Wheeler, but Zach Wheeler is the number three starter. He, he didn't have the, he didn't have the season that, I mean, that, that, that Garrett Cole had. I mean, I mean, close. So our Twitter poll question tonight, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Would you have signed Zach Wheeler to a five-year, $118 million deal if you were a Mets fan? If you were the Mets, would you have signed that contract with Zach Wheeler? At Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. So that was going to be the story. And then... Lo and behold, in a situation, as I mentioned to Han, that we, that never happens. We, I, I can't tell you how many calls I've taken over the years about fans who say, why don't you just sell the team, man? Cause you sell the team. Like, do us a favor and sell the team. You know, I think what you should do is sell the team. And we sit here over and over and we go, he's not gonna sell the team. He's, he's not gonna sell the team. Come on, you know, he's really not going to sell the team. And then, lo and behold, 
The Sterling Partners and Steve Cohen are negotiating an agreement in which Cohen would increase his investment in the Mets, per source. Fred Wilpon will remain the control person and CEO for five years. Jeff Wilpon will remain the COO for five years. And then down that way, after five years, Cohen could be the majority owner. He could be running things. He could be telling both Fred Wilpon and Jeff Wilpon. See ya. Goodbye, sir. Peace. It's out of here. And shut up. All the above. Is that good? Like, uh, I mean, here, here, as a Met fan, you know what I hope Steve Cohen is? You know that the owner of the Clippers now? The guy that sits in the stands and he's cheering and he's yelling and he's jumping up and down and he's, that's who I hope Steve Cohen is. Because that means he's having fun with his club. And that means he's enjoying winning. And that means that the team has good talent on the floor and he's willing to spend some money. See filed under not only having Paul George, but also Kawhi Leonard on the Clippers. Mmm. And they're having fun. And he's just happy. He's going, oh, this is great. So I'm, I'm interested to see. Now, I don't know what that means over the next five years. I don't know. Does that mean that they won't spend money because they're not, it's not really their team per se? You know what I'm saying? How does that work? Maybe Katina will have some answers at the bottom of the hour on that. So we'll get your thoughts on the Mets sell, possibly, new ownership. Is that good or bad? How do you feel about it? Number two, so, and Alan and I kind of touched on it. Okay, here's my concern. My concern, all right, money, all right, ownership, five years, okay, great. Let's, let's put that on the shelf for a second. What in the name of can we get a playoff spot that we're going to do in 2020? Because this Met team, ladies and gentlemen, is built on pitching. It's not built on defense. <laughs> that's for sure. It's not built on offense. It's really built on pitching. The identity of this Met team is to be able to give you great starters who, who you hope will give you length and then turn it over to the bullpen and your prayers. And that's how you hope to win games. And so, you're locked in with Jacob DeGrom, two-time Cy Young Award winner, back-to-back consecutive years, great. Number two is Noah Syndergaard, and you hope that Syndergaard is going to be the guy that really locks in this year, that this is the year that Noah Syndergaard takes that step, that this is the year that he is dominant, that he's really Thor. Then it gets crazy. Because last year you had Zach Wheeler in that third spot, but now what are we doing? You've got Seth Lugo, who was the closer for a large part of the season late last year, but whose elbow situation kind of limits you to use him back-to-back days, and he would rather start anyway. So I guess maybe he goes back into the starting rotation. And then there's Marcus Stroman, who was here last year in the trade from Toronto, who was okay, but what do you expect from him this year? Is is a full season with the team going to mean that he's going to be better? Or does a full season with the team mean that, well, you know, we'll see. And then there's Stephen Matz, who was really good for much of the year. And then 
he went to the bullpen and then he got hurt and then he was okay. So it, it's up and down. So on a team whose identity is pitching and you just got rid of your solid number three starter because you could have matched, but you didn't. And maybe you felt he's not worth $118 million over five years. But that's why you should have tried to trade him when you could have got something for him at the trade deadline last year. Nevertheless, that ship has sailed. So, and you hear about, you know, Josh Hader possibly coming as a bullpen person. And then you're, you know, if you're Brody, you know, Brody Van GM, you're saying, okay, do I make this deal? I mean, the one I made last year didn't really work. Do I, do I? Make this deal and try to bring this guy in. Do you do you say okay it'll be all right? Do you say I'm not sure what I'm going to do? I mean, what does Brody do? And now, in the back of his mind, since there's ownership change, does Brody say I need to get this done so I can get out of here? Because I don't know the new owner's going to want to bring new people in probably. So now, is there a self-imposed clock on what this Met team is going to do and the moves they have to make? Because when you look at the pitching staff, the pitching staff, the Mets are a win-now team with this pitching staff. With the starters, this is a win-now team. So what do they do? You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight. Right here on 9870 ESPN. Thank you for joining us at 1-800-919-3776. And via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPNNY98 underscore 7 FM. Our Twitter poll question today. As a Met fan, would you, would you, yes, you, I'm talking about you, have signed Zach Wheeler to a five-year, $118 million deal and get this. And the simple yes or no, by the way. And get this. According to reports, the White Sox offered more money. Just so you know, the White Sox offered more money, but he wanted to be close to home. So he took the Philly deal. Great. So he could stay in the same division. Thanks, Zach. So the Phillies, you can see, are really striving to improve their ball club. Added pitching depth. Added managerial depth in Joe Girardi. And who knows what else will be following the Joe Girardi Pied Piper Parade. Could it be Didi Gregorius? Hmm. Could Dylan Patances be headed that way? <sighs> Who else is going to be reunited? Scotty G's on Long Island. He's up first on ESPN New York tonight. What's up, Scotty G? Larry, I enjoy the show. Thank first you, sir. of all, I'm I'm celebrating today because my prayers have been answered. I want the Wilp- I've wanted the Wilpons to sell for a very long time, and I'm just hoping that. Now that there might be a little money, they'll treat the team like they play in a big market. Well, that's, that's the hope. That's the hope, Scotty. That's the hope. We'll see. We'll that's, see. That's the hope. And to answer your question, um, they need to put the resources in the back end of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you what you said. Lugo needs to start if you're not going to go get a starter. But you need to really, really go out and get two to three Big-time guys in the bullpen. Is Hader a guy that you would be interested in? I'm a little concerned Absolutely. about him, Scotty G. I, I'm just I'm being honest with you. I'm, I'm, 
I'll be honest with you. Okay. I, I've seen him pitch. I know he's good, but I'm I'm kind of burned after Diaz, man. I'm I'm kind of burned. I'm just telling you. I'm I'm gun shy here. I, I definitely hear you, and uh, if not him, who do they go get? Yeah, I know. You're right. They got to get somebody. But who do you they know. get? I don't know. And as far as Wheeler, yes. as far as Wheeler, absolutely, they did the right thing. I definitely wouldn't give him as a third to fourth starter, not that kind of money. I understand the White Sox wanted to do it. As a Mets fan, you can't do it. What they, where they went wrong was they could have got something for him last yes. year. They knew they weren't signing him. Yep. They, and that's where, you know, their, the inconsistency comes in with management. Yep. You could have traded something for him. Scotty G, thanks for the phone call. And then you would have gotten something back. Maybe, you know, something that you could use in another trade to get maybe Hater, if that's where, if that's, if that's the route you want to go. But he walks out the door, you get nothing. Mark's in Newark. Hey, Mark, you're next on 98.7. Oh, bat and second. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> bat and second. Mark right. from Newark. <laughs> okay, so that means I got to knock it out of the park or at least get a double. Yeah, okay, yeah. So absolutely. Here we go, guys. There's only one team in the whole wide world of sports that I love as much as I love the Jets. And that would be? You already know. It's the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's what I got on the on the poll question. Um, that's a management issue. I like Wheeler. He's good. Uh, but we we kind of we kind of do all right as far as uh, finding, developing, and and growing pitchers. So I'm not concerned. Um, the other thing is that I really hope that Cespedes is, is healthy. There's that. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, I'm I'm frothing at the bit for that because he just came in and, and and all of a sudden we're in the World Series. So uh, I ain't saying it's all on him, but as long as it's hey Mark, as long as it's it's that Cespedes, that's the one I want. I don't want the one that that takes time off and injured and all the other stuff. I need the guy that put the team on his back and and that's how he got that that contract. And oh, by the yeah, way, right. this is a contract year for him, isn't it? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing him and Alonzo and, 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 oh, and, be and nice. yes. One last thing. Yeah. And this is the one that's the jaw dropper. Okay. Larry, I watch so much baseball and when there's one pitcher in the entire major league baseball that actually made me just stand there with my mouth on the floor and my eyes popping out of my head and I was just was like, Wow. And that's Josh Hader. Mm, when you okay. watch him pitch, it's a, he's, a, he's an amazing pitcher. Mm-hmm. He, wow. He just, smokes, he just smokes people like Jordan. He just, like, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see it on his face. And then he, and then he delivers. Yeah, go get him. <laughs> I hear you, Mark. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. All right, my friend. Thanks for the phone call. Good to talk to you. You know what? I hate to be, you know, cynical Sam. But that's what people said about Diaz last year, too. When he was in Seattle, he was unhittable. He was phenomenal. I'm very concerned. Jonathan's in Yonkers. Hey, John, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how you doing? Doing great, partner. What's up? Doing good. Hey, I just before I get to my question to you, I just want to say it's a great day for us Met fans. This is better than any free agent signing we could make, I would say, in all seasons. It's just great news. 
Oh, about but, the, um, about the sell? About the yeah, sale of the team? I'm so happy about that, yes. Well, you know oh, what? I, I hear what you're saying, Jonathan, but we need to wait and see what we're getting into. <laughs> you don't know. Very true. You don't know. Sometimes the true. devil you know is yeah. better than the one you don't know. You're 100% right. Um, I, I want to throw out two names to you. Let's say Brandon Nimmo and Jimenez. If, yeah. if, if, if we could throw those two in a package... Um, let's say possibly for Whit Merrifield, Stalin Marte, or Hatter, which one would you go with? And thanks for taking my call. All right, Jonathan, thanks for the call, my friend. I tell you, they need both, really. They need depth at the, at the, in the bullpen. They need a closer. And they need a center fielder. So, Mar- I would love to have Marte. I'd love to have Marte put him at the top of the batting order and let's, let's roll. I would love to do that. I'm just not, I'm just not, I'm torn because I know they need bullpen help. Um, and I don't know what it's going to take to get Hader. I think it's going to take a good amount to get Hader. And I think it's going to take a good amount to get Marte as well. So, um, you know, I think as crazy as this may seem, I think ultimately with the starting pitching intact the way it is, I think let me get the center fielder first and then let me work on the bullpen. I know, I know people are looking at their smartphones. I mean, even Alexa's like, huh? But I'm just telling you that I feel that way because there's got to be a situation where with this, with the starters you have, you need to start working on your defense and, and we'll work and see if we can get a, we can get somebody in the bullpen, but I, I need to, I need to take care of center field right now. I really do because none of these guys are the answer. In center. Nimmo's a nice player. Okay? Uh, the, you, we got some nice players. They're, they're not a legitimate center fielder. Bruce is in Flushing. Hey, Bruce, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, a few points. Number one, um, I think we need to hear from Kuhn again tonight because it's time to celebrate. Oh, you think and, so, huh? Yeah, and I'm a Yankee fan, but see, this is a sign. This is a sign from God because... Now, what we say last night, how everything was going down the toilet and the tubes. Yes. Now, the next team is being sold to a man who has money, mm-hmm. and that's the first sign. The next sign will be the Yankees signing Gerald Cole by the winter meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then slowly but surely, we're going to be turning the corner. Okay. Um, Baseball-wise. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> now, I'll give you a name for a center fielder for the Mets. Okay. Who is a legitimate center fielder and will only cost you money. Mm-hmm. Kevin Pillar. Yeah, yeah, Pillar's good. No question about it. You're right. He's good. You know, and, and he's uh, great defensively. You know, he's not going to hit 350, but he'll hold you 270, 280. And, and, you know, you don't pay so much. Now, about Hader, here's the one thing you have to ask yourself if you're the Mets. Why is Milwaukee giving up on Hader? Yeah. Because, you know, it doesn't make any sense. But but sometimes your eyes will tell you this guy is good. So if I was a Mets, here was I would do Mm about I I would, um, number one, um, give you Diaz, one or two minor leaguers, and um, maybe um, 
one of your spare outfield to get Hayden. Mm-hmm. Now, would you do that for your Mets? Um, Bruce, I think I would because I'm convinced that, and I know there's some in the organization, thanks for the phone call, who think that, you know, Diaz, um, can work it out. I'm not convinced. I don't know. I, I, I might roll the dice and involve and, in, you know, in, include him in the deal and, uh, ship him out. I mean, and it, you know, it's one year, but I mean, just think what, what is he going to be worth if he implodes again this year? You, you, you won't be able to give him away. So if I have a situation where I can possibly use him in the deal to get like a Josh Hader, I would definitely consider it. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. This just in, they want to keep it in the family. Dave Brown will be starting Monday night as we continue the Duke tradition. Hour number two of ESPN New York tonight. We thank you for joining us at 1-800-919-3776. So in the first hour, we talked a little bit about the Mets and, uh, you know, changing ownership and what this means. And Rich Catino joined us. And now we turn our attention to the New York football giants with the possibility of Eli Manning being a starter Monday night. Well, you know, obviously we'll see what happens Monday, but, um, you know, just, you know, just uh, business as usual in the sense of, um, you know, get the game plan, um, you know, start, start prepping from Philly, you know, um, you know, going against a good defense, but also a defense who's, you know, faced a number of years and, and know them, know them well. And so just got to, uh, you know, just get back, uh, into the mix with the, you know, with the offensive line and, and receivers and, and, uh, you know, make sure timing's where it needs to be. Uh, Eli, what has it been like adjusting to being a backup? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it's not, you know, uh, it, it is difficult, you know, especially when you, when you've been, uh, been the starter for so long and, and you're not really, uh, accustomed to, uh, you know, preparing, preparing and, and not, you know, not, uh, putting it to use in, in that sense. And, and so, um, but, you know, I think, um, you know, just having a lot of experience and, and, you know, knowing the offense and, and knowing I could, you know, pop in there and be ready to go at any time. Uh, Eli, have you thought about what this could mean for your future? You know, again, just try to, you know, try to take it, you know, as I said, just take it one game at a time and, and, uh, you know, you never want to try to make, make decisions about your future, uh, while you're still kind of living, living in, in the, in the present and, and don't know, uh, the circumstances of what could happen. So, um, you know, just gotta, uh, you know, go out there and, uh, you know, try to get a win for the Giants, and if if I'm if I'm asked to do that, and and um, you know, I'll, I'll uh, analyze everything else after the season. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Giant fans, I want to hear from you. What do you expect from Eli Manning Monday night? And here's a question: If he if he performs well, not not saying that he takes them to a win, but if he performs well, do you bring him back? For the home game against Miami? If he performs well. 1-800-919-3776. Last night on this show, a young lady called angry with the Giants. Angry. Angry. Said that Eli Manning should be playing. Here's what she had to say. Rosalind's in Patterson. Rosalind, you're next on ESPN New York tonight. I'm a longtime listener and a first-time caller. Welcome in, Rosalind. Thank you. I just want to make a statement about Eli. Go. I just, I just feel as though that he deserves our respect. 
You know what I'm saying? I've seen mm-hmm. his face on the sideline this past this past game, and it's sad. And I know how he feels. Next year, I'm gonna be at my job for 29 years. Wow! I train every I train everybody that comes in on my shift, and I also train the supervisors. And I have no respect. Mm. And Eli has earned our respect with his help. We have won. Two Super Bowls. There are teams out there that have not won Super Bowls lately, and we haven't won it lately. But he still deserves our respect. Where's the respect for Eli? Why can't he play a game? We don't even know if this is his last time in a giant uniform. Put him in. The coach may not even be here next year. Why he can't play one more game? Why he's on the sideline? He can help out. Just because we owe, don't throw us away like some old furniture. And I feel his pain. I feel it. I see it. I hear you, Rosalind. I'm tired of people disrespecting Eli. Without his help, we wouldn't have our two titles. Just give the man some respect. They disrespected his brother and, 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 and with the Colts. Now they disrespecting Eli as a giant. He's going to be a giant forever. So respect him. Please respect him. That was last night. Passionate, wasn't she? Also, I was, as I mentioned last night, I was concerned about some of the things that's going on in her job, too, because she mentioned that as well. But who would have believed it? Eli Manning getting a chance to start. What do you expect from him? What do you think he's going to do? Is he going to be, is he going to play well? Is it going to be a situation where they decide that, you know what, let's, let's let him ride it out? She said, the other thing that the caller said, which was interesting, Rosalind, said, we don't even know if the head coach is going to be here next year. So Pat Sherman was asked, are you coaching for your job? I feel like I'm coaching for my job every day. I mean, that's just, that's the way, that's the way we function uh, as players. You're playing for your job and you're coaching for your job every day. And we understand this is a results business and the, the ultimate result is winning games. And along the way, uh, doing the things necessary to win a game and then consistently win. And then, you know, that's, that's just the reality of it. Yeah, it is. And when you have the losses that the Giants have suffered and the way they have played in those losses, it, it makes it even worse. It makes it a tough situation for Pat Shermer, who unfortunately – has come along at the time when the Giants have been as as bad as they've been in memory, record-wise, record-wise. 7-21 and 21 in two years. This year, having won the game since September. I mean, that's that's scary. That's not Giant-like. I mean, when you think of the Giants and the rich history of this organization and what they've been able to do, and they've won Super Bowls and everything else, I mean, they've beaten whom many have considered the top duel in football. One of the top duels in sports, in success, in championships, in Bill Belichick and Eli Manning, in Bill Belichick and um, Tom Brady. And Eli Manning and the Giants have beaten them twice. Once, stopping them from having an undefeated season that would have matched only what the Miami Dolphins would have been able, the Miami, Miami Dolphins have accomplished going a full undefeated. They, they were trying to be 17 and 0, but they lose. Okay, they lose, win everything, they lose the championship. So, this is a giant franchise with a rich tradition. And to see them going through what they're going through now, it's crazy. 
You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to tell a year from now, but, um, you know, I think, you know, I'm confident I'll, I'll heal pretty quickly and, and be back on fishing. No, that's not Eli Manning. That was Daniel Jones, doggone it. And he says he hopes to be back. <laughs> we'll see. I tell you what, this is ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Get to the phones in a second. The injury really helped Sam Darnold last year. It allowed him to sit back and watch. And when he came back, he was a different quarterback. And maybe this will be the last thing that Eli Manning can do to help out the Giants by letting Daniel Jones sit and watch the old professor work, show what he can do. It's going to be interesting. I, I, I think it adds a little something to the game on Monday night right now. It does. Charlie's in Woodside. Hey, Charlie, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Larry. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Charlie. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. Yeah, just editing this, like, uh, audio stuff, just doing something. Uh, well, first, before I get to my Eli stuff, um, I listened to Jeff Passon's interview on the K-Show. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to, like, I'm starting to, like, you know, have the Yankees have the momentum that they'll get cold. They'll get it done. You think so? so? But, yep. But, uh, today, Larry, I like to talk about the Eli and the Giants. Mm-hmm. I think the, I think going back to Eli, I mean, it's, it's, this is likely so, but in my mind, it's an embarrassment. I'm not saying Eli. I'm not saying towards the Eli. The organization is going to embarrass him again. The fact that the Giants are national—I mean, Monday Night Football at this late in the season with the eight-game losing streak—is a travesty to America, an absolute embarrassment. The fact that his team should not have brought him by, back. To start the season with, benched him with two games, uh, two games into the season, to show to show that, um, that they embarrassed him, and of course, two years ago with McAdoo, to show that um, now this is this Giants team is beyond Eli Manning problem. It's the defense, the coaching, uh, front office, which is fraud. Gettleman needs to be let go, and of course, this new quarterback. And in my mind. I appreciate Eli Manning more than ever is that, you know, whatever injury, whatever he injury had, he always play. He always play. And guess what? Punk Jones, my goodness, can you gut it out? This injury will hurt him because, you know what? Sam Donald's uh, injury last year was happening in the middle of the season. Then he came back, looked good. It was towards the end of the season. This will hurt because, you know what? Um, because he came out, uh, there's no progression. to he, he hasn't progressed. I mean, up and down, turn the football over and everything. In my mind, uh, in my mind, he's like, I don't want, I don't want Eli start. I, I want, uh, I mean, I don't want to see him start because I mean, I don't want to see him get embarrassed and get beat up or whatever. But he may not, Charlie. Time. Here's the thing. Thanks for the phone call. Two things. He may not get embarrassed. He may be able to experience to do some things that, you know, here's what I do know. He's going to do some things Daniel Jones can't do because he's more experienced. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. That's number one. Number two, Charlie, you can't call Daniel Jones a punk with a high ankle sprain because they won't let him play. It's not him that doesn't want to play. It's the fact that they aren't letting him play. And so the scenario is, as he said 
earlier in the week, he thought he was going to be able to play. He was ready to just have them tape it up and he would go out there. No, this is not, as Pat Schremer said, it's not as serious as the high ankle sprain that Saquon Barkley had, but it's still a high ankle sprain. And why would you, why would you put him out there in that condition when you have an offensive line that's been suspect? So no, I, I think they're doing the right thing and I'm happy to see Eli play. Dominic's in Arizona. Dominic, you're next on yo, 987. Yo, what up? What's up, partner? Oh, I want to talk about the Giants, then the Knicks. It's just the Giants, and you can't you can't blame it on uh, Eli. You know, like you gotta uh, look at like the organization, the management. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta like you gotta build a defense. One, they don't have a defense. Like you see, Janoris Jenkins, he's getting burned almost every play. Linebackers getting burned every play. Offensive line not blocking, not executing. You can't blame it on one person. You know what I'm saying? I got you. Like it's it's, cra- it's crazy, man. It is. I, I just be so sick to watch. Like, come on, man. Come on, we're in Arizona watching the Giants play. Come on now, at least win the game. <laughs> at least win the game. At least to win the game for you. Yeah. You watching in Arizona, right? You could say so you could, Dominic. You could be watching the Cardinals, but you watching the Giants, right? Yo, yo, I'm a Giants fan. Hey, I'm a Giants fan to the heart, baby. Okay, ain't never gonna change. But then, then they gotta realize this. Look. You got to get receivers for the men to throw the ball to. Daniel Jones will have no receivers. You know what I'm saying? So what they need to do is they got to build around them and get receivers. And the gentleman, he killed me on like those deal situations. We don't, we don't sign him to trade him. Well, I will say this, Dominic, and thanks for the phone call. You're right in the sense that Sterling Shepard's been in and out of the lineup. He's had not, didn't suffer a concussion not once, but twice. You had Golden Tate. You didn't have him for four games. You get him. You start to build a rapport with him. Then he goes out with concussions. Evan Ingram has been in and out of the lineup. So, you know, it's interesting that you make a great point in the sense that, and you really didn't have Saquon Barkley. So you were limited in the weapons that you had. And these are things that would help a young quarterback. And unfortunately for Daniel Jones, you know, it didn't, it didn't help him. He was, he tried to move on and listen, he's played considering and yeah, we know about the fumbles and we know about the interceptions and that's what young quarterbacks do. But really he is, when you take, and you can't take those things away, but when you take into consideration the fact that he's had limited, uh, you know, limited time playing and limited time working with receivers, you know, this is, he's done pretty good. His accuracy is great. He just has to learn and needs to play and learn how to, you know, disciple the, uh, you know, Figure out those defenses, especially those those crazy packages when coaches show you one thing, but it's really something else. He'll do. He'll get better. He's not a bad quarterback, folks. Dimitri's in Newark. Hey, Dimitri, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Larry, what's going on there? What's up, man? Hey, look, I love this narrative that they're trying to put out there with the high ankle sprain. They couldn't wait to bench Eli to save their jobs when everything went south. So now... They're putting Eli back in there to try to save his job down and everything went way south. I'm talking about I-95 south. <laughs> so what, what, what you think about that? Like, come on, you know, this, this guy has to go. He's been terrible. His coaching decisions have been terrible. You know, we need a guy in there that, you know, is on top of things. Things have not been right with this organization since they let Tom Coughlin go. Because even when we were lot talent, we always were prepared to play. We were yeah. always prepared to play. True. And I just don't see what's going on with this 
Well, that's going to be the question, Dimitri. Thanks for the phone call. And, you know, it's going to be interesting, interesting discussion in the front office of the Giants because I just feel, and, and this is just my opinion, that I don't think John Merrill wants to really fire another coach this soon. I mean, you know, he fired McAdoo early. He's fired Schumer early if he does that. I don't know that he wants to do that. I do think, however, the record may force his hand. I mean, they haven't won in two months. I mean, if he continues on this track, you got to make a change. You can't just let him continue to play and coach. I mean, what did we say? Seven and twenty-one over two years. That's 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 not good. Let's go to Long Island. That's where Anthony's hanging out on ninety-eight-seven ESPN. What's up, Ant? What's going on, Larry? I'm good, man. Listen, man, I am a long-time Giants fan, and man, it's been rough. You go week after week trying to see who's going to play and who's not going to play. This one has, you know, concussion. That one doesn't. They come back in. So it's been no consistency, correct? Yes. And I'm just trying to figure out, uh, you know what, Eli, let him go out with a bang. You know, if he gets in there, you know, he can't be worse than what we already have. Mm-hmm. And and I think that, you know, uh, yeah, I think he's going to sell up. You know, like, you know, that's one thing about Eli. You have experience with this man. This man's been, he knows, he knows the plays. And, you know, you can't be a veteran. A veteran knows what to do, so he knows how to hold the pocket down, though he doesn't have the agility as Jones. But, you know, Jones cannot do what Eli does. If he gets caught there, he's accurate just as well, and he still has arm. Yes, true, Anthony. So it, it, I think he's going to play well. I do. I, because here's the thing I know, and I, I didn't, I wasn't embedded with the Giants, but there was a couple of opportunities during his tenure where I, I, I like to say I parachuted in for the postseason run on both times. And here's the one thing you know about Eli Manning. Even though he was the backup, he prepared like he was the starter. That's Eli. Eli's a hard worker. Eli is ready. Eli's ready to go. Eli's going to be fine. Eli will be fine on, on Monday night. The offensive line, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But I, I know that he'll be ready to go when the time comes. James is in Queens. James, you're next on 987 ESPN. Larry, always a pleasure to talk to you. Same here, James. What's um, up? I'm two points, then I'm going to let you do your thing. One, I was speaking with a Jet fan earlier who was saying, oh, Adam Gates got to go. We don't beat the Dolphins this week, etc. What a season. And, you know, I actually feel bad for the Jets. I mean, going into this week, aren't they missing Adams, Poole, and another top defensive back? I mean, they've been dealing with injuries all season. Yep. They lost their backup quarterback. They're backup to the backup. Their main – I mean, I feel really bad for Gates. I mean, he put all the people around him. You're just going to fire him? I think the guy needs a fresh start next season. I really do feel for them. Now, as per the Giants mm-hmm. – no real fan would want their franchise quarterback, future rookie franchise quarterback, to play with a high ankle sprain. Right. So thank God we have Eli Manning there. Thank God. Um, I do think we need to fire our defensive coordinator because I know we have a lot of problems on the team. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Green Bay's catching passes with nobody on them. Rookies are not, whatever it is, these guys are not playing football the right way. The NFL, you got to play man, play zone better, play everything better. We're getting beat up and down the field in the secondary. I would keep that engaged, but I, I think they need a serious um, change in the defensive coordinator spot. For so, the for the, for the wait a minute, for the Jets or for the Giants? For the Giants. Okay. My second point was about the I got you. Side. All right, James. No problem. I got you. Thanks for the phone call. Look, 
See, if you're a Jet fan, Adam Gase is an enigma for you because you're frustrated with him because you want to win and you want he was billed as an offensive genius and you're looking and you know that you've had a ton of injuries but still you want to you're angry with him because you you you're the, you become you don't want to be history. Jeff fans are tired of being history. They're tired of being they're tired of being you know when things go wrong people think of the Jets. You know like the I hate to do it. I'll, I'll just let me put it this way: the Mark Sanchez issue that I was standing on the sidelines for and just watched and just shook my head. Okay, um, and once again, here they go after to be the first team to lose to teams that were zero and seven or worse in the same season in the history of the NFL. So you're angry with Gates there. On the other side, you say, "Well, you know what? Look, he was able to be he beat Dallas." Okay, he beats Oakland, and then he loses to teams who don't have records. So you're torn. You're not sure what to think about him. You're frustrated. You're angry at him. So you know he's not going anywhere. He's not. They're not going to fire him after one year. Chris Johnson's already said he's my manager. He's my coach. You know, just like he's my quarterback. Same thing. Same thing. As far as James Betcher is concerned. I don't know if he's coming back. And it's really, it might be a communication issue because you got a lot of young kids back there. So I don't know if he's coming back. But then again, I don't know if the head coach is coming. The whole staff could be gone. And if not, it means that Shermer's coming back. He's going to be on a short leash. Short. Short. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight right here on 98.7 ESPN. Top of the hour. Freddie Fitzsimmons here on 98.7 as the conversation continues. I like Rex. He was fun to cover. Oh, he always had something. He always had something going. Never a dull moment with Rex Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. Never. Be it videos surfacing on the web or impersonating his brother in the Cleveland Browns outfit, uniform. There's always something going on with Rex Ryan. And he's a pretty good guy that knows defense. Very good. Very talented young man. Back to the phones. Skyler's in Verona. Skyler, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. How you doing? Great. How are you? Good, good. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit about you know Eli coming in on Monday night. Sure. Now, I'm 22, so mm-hmm. I'm a lifelong Giants fan. I've grown up with Eli Manning. I, I'm obviously happy to have him back. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I'm concerned about is right now, Eli Manning's, uh, Eli Manning's record is a perfect 500, right? Mm-hmm. You know, forgive the pessimism in me. I'm a Giants fan. <laughs> okay. But... Should they lose Monday night, he's going to have a losing record, right? Do you think, I want to know what you think on this, do you think that could affect the way people talk about him in the future, the way people look at him, maybe talking about the Hall of Fame later down the line, that kind of stuff? Um, that's interesting, Skyler. Thanks for the phone call. I think there there are some. The folks who don't think he belongs in the Hall of Fame will look at that and say, he's an under 500 quarterback, he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. People who say, but he's won two Super Bowls, and as I mentioned earlier, had a hand in beating two gentlemen who are definitely Hall of Famers in Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and beat them 
and stop them from winning championships. So I do think it's used. If you don't like him, you use it as a hindrance. If you do like him, you don't even mention it. <laughs> That's how it goes. But I have, I believe he's going to end up in the hall because he's a two-time Super Bowl winner. I think that's what's going to get it done. Carlos is in Jersey City. What's up, Carlos? You're next on 98.7. What's up, Larry? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, partner. What's happening? Good. Listen, um, you know, I'm listening to all these giant calls. Yeah. I've called a couple of times. Yep. Again, when since we won the last Super Bowl, and I keep, you know, I'm tired of telling people the Giants' offensive line has been horrible since our last Super Bowl. Okay? Eli Manning has been there. Mm-hmm. He's the franchise since he's been there that he took over. And unfortunately for him, he has had to dealt year in and year out with an offensive line that doesn't give him the time that he needs. He has put up the numbers that he has because of, you know, not having an offensive line or whichever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for me, I feel the Giants need to clean house. Okay, we have a lot of talent. We got a lot of guys with speed. We need to open up this playbook because on certain occasions, we seen when they you know come out with this trickery, somehow it so happens to, to work. Yep. But we have young talent. We have speed. We need to find a way to get these guys the ball and get away from this traditional old-school football that we used to play that's not working nowadays because the athletes are much faster, much stronger. Okay, so we need to find a way to, you know, get back to that thing that, you know what, we're not just going to depend on Barkley to save us on a big play. Okay, and unfortunately, because we do not have an offensive line to protect Daniel Jones, unless we do that and quick, Daniel Jones will experience the same thing that Eli experienced in his career. No offensive line, still managing to put up numbers. As a rookie, he has the numbers that he has. Granted, the fumbles and the interceptions, mm-hmm. but let's look at the positive. The future. This guy, he holds the rookie passing yards. Let's look at that. How? He doesn't even have nobody. Like they mentioned earlier, Barkley's been out, Shepard's been out, Tate's been gone, and somehow this guy still manages to put up decent numbers. Yep. So just to close it off, they need to fix that offensive line, get rid of Shermer, get rid of Betcher, get rid of the whole management team down there, and I think personally we could probably get that uh, the head coach in college, uh, uh, Rule. Uh-huh. You want Rule? Rule. Yeah. Bring him in mm-hmm. because it's an up-tempo football that we, you know, that nowadays everybody is playing. Up-tempo. None of this slow stuff that it was 10, 12 years ago. With I hear you, Carlos. Thanks for the phone call. I got it. You want to you, you want to move the ball. Well, you got to have personnel to do that. And right now, if you're a Giant fan, here, here's your dilemma. Your dilemma is, here comes Eli. And Eli finds a way to beat Philly. Finds a way to beat Miami. Now you feel that number one pick slipping away, don't you? <laughs> so what do you do? Because, I I mean, and here's the thing. Right now, the way Philly's playing, Philly is playing better than the Giants. Actually, Miami's playing better than the Giants because they've won a couple of games. And you've got, so you got Philly, you got Philly at Philly Monday night, 
Miami at home, Washington, and then Philly at home. So, I mean, these are winnable games for the Giants. Do you want to win them or do you want to lose them? It's crazy, right? It, it's it's a really weird situation. But for right now, to be honest, you need to win the game. You need to win the game. If Eli can get you a win on Monday night, that's the that's the way to go. I think that's the best thing that happens to you. I do. Ryan's in Hillsboro. Hey, Ryan, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, Larry. Thanks for having me. You got it, um, Real quick point on Eli. I have a Mets point I want to get to, but okay. real quick on Eli. Uh-huh. Um, I'm 22 years old, young, but a diehard Giants fan. Real happy to see him getting another start here. I just think it's a great story. He has a chance to go into Philly, possibly end their playoff hopes. I was at his last uh, win in Washington. He threw three touchdowns, uh, over 60% completion. Um, so my buddies and I are thinking of going, and I'd love to see him get a, a win here and send him out in a good way. Um, so I'm happy to see it. Not happy to see Daniel Jones injured, but it is what it is. Um, now to the Mets real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Wilpon news, I literally pulled over on the road when I was driving to work because I was crying just uncontrollably. Uh, it made me so happy that they're finally going to be out of it in a couple of years, and we have a new multi-billionaire who has been a lifelong Mets fan. I think he's going to be willing to spend money on free agents, which is uh, something we desperately need mm-hmm. and will bring a good future for the Mets. Um, and quickly on free agency, yep. uh, sad to see Wheeler go, um, but I was kind of expecting we wouldn't have the money to pay him. Um, but in terms of some thoughts I had for them this year, um, I think we definitely need to bolster up the relief pitching. Yep. So they were interested on uh, trading for Hader now mm-hmm. that Brewers made him available. I think if there's something doable there, trade for Hader, sign Batances, um, and find one more starter. I really don't think we need any uh, bats. I think this lineup, especially with Seth Cespedes healthy, will be dirty and will be instant contenders. Uh, so I want to know what you think on that. Thank you. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for the phone call. I'll take the last thing first. Let's slow down on Cespedes. Okay. I mean, I know he's taking batting practice. <laughs> That's great. But previously, here's what you know about Cespedes. He's going to take off at least two times during the year for injuries. That's the way he's been. And he's coming back from a serious injury. He was out all last year. So it it, it is, I will admit to you, it is a tease. It's intriguing to see how he would line up how he would be in the lineup behind the rookie of the year. It is intriguing to see how that would do and how that would lengthen the lineup. It is. I admit that. I just, I believe it when I see it. Um, Yeah, they do need help in the bullpen. There's no question about that. Hayter is interesting. He is. But they also, at this point in time, they also need to be looking. I know you're not thinking bats, but they need to be looking to shore up their defense. This is a Met team whose whose identity is their starting pitching. And when you have good starting pitching, you need to have a good defense. That will help out the starting pitching a lot. And, yes, of course, they need to do something with the bullpen, obviously. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> 